Okay, so. if you want to have a good time, here's what you need to do. You need to find oh, yeah. Chris's, <laughs> Chris's, Chris's Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Unrenowned Podcast, where we talk about Siege, what we like about Siege. What we don't like about Siege. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. This week, we've got a short episode because there are big announcements probably coming. We have a teaser of the next season's name, which is Operation Shifting Tides. So we'll talk a little bit about that and then a little bit about the Pro League event happening this weekend and the coming announcements. But other than that, there's really not much to say and there's probably going to be a lot more to say next week. Uh, well, there's definitely going to be more to say next week because we'll know everything. Yeah. I also imagine that there are going to be a couple of teasers between our recording this and it releasing, like probably tomorrow. Well, yeah. Tomorrow um, we'll have probably like a little small teaser on the operator's Friday might have a little something. I don't think they'll do anything on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely we're due for the like the random screenshot or like artwork of the operator standing somewhere with like very uh like obscure hints, right? Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll probably have that. Yeah, you you'll probably have seen that by the time you're hearing this, but it seems like anyway. that just came out. Like not it seems like Operation Ember Rise has just like passed in a second. Yeah, it really did just fly by. Um, I mean, part of that might just be that we haven't been playing as often during Ember Rise. Uh, that's, so I mean, that's, that's definitely why. part of it. But at the same time, it's just like, I mean, I guess this season's not out yet. It's just being announced on two days from when you're hearing this. And then it's right. got three weeks but in the TTS. Then don't, don't like the test server patch notes usually come out like that week that, that it's announced? Yeah, the test server patch notes come out like within the week. And there's then the test server comes out like within a week of that. Which is basically so, the release. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Kind of like eats all the hype. Anyway, so yeah, Operation Shifting Tides, they tweeted out this like graphic of basically it's just like the ocean, like some waves going on the ocean. And then there's like a little like platform type of thing with like a symbol on it. Um almost like a like a uh, a dock or something out in the ocean. Yeah. And if that's like uh anything at all. Or if it's just the artwork. It could very yeah. well just be artwork. I Well, I, I would guess that it's like either like uh, one of their or one or both of their like uh, CTU symbols or something, you know, or like their mm-hmm. operator symbols or something like that. Oh, you're talking about the logo. Yeah, yeah. What were you talking oh, about? I, saying. I thought you were just talking about the the place in general. Oh. Like some people are trying to speculate, like maybe we're getting like an oil rig map or something, and I'm like, well, oh, it's the theme park rework, but yeah, we're we're not getting a new map this season. No, I don't think there's going to be any oil rig map. I think they learned their lesson about stuff like that with tower, when you don't want like a yeah, you want to have some outside space yeah. to run around. I feel tower, like tower was interesting. So we played ranked the other day. Yeah, it was an unranked match, and it was. The dumbest thing it was organ and so on maps like that that have been around for four years people just know all the runouts and stupid spawn peaks and everything yeah. like the very start of the very first round like i wasn't even on my game like i was clicked off like we we just did the drone phase we found the objective so i like put my drone and i clicked off the screen like type like submit an assignment or something and like i clicked back and there's a guy who ran out into our spawn in front of me like shooting me and i'm like why like go back go back inside the building like what are you doing out here and so i think that was like a good idea with tower i think that's what they were maybe going for is to prevent that from happening but it did it didn't work obviously yeah well i mean they did in that there's no spawn peaks and no runouts but but the map doesn't work the map yeah the maps are bad and Um, i don't know if that's is that a problem of it not being outside or is that a problem of like defenders can be in places that attackers just can't get to it all but they can get good angles on like yeah i think part of it is just like just just basic just design. design yeah like i mean there's there's so many spots where there's just like these really really long sight lines but then there's also like a thousand angles you could get shot from yeah. and like like all the like where you can look down on on uh 
big portions of the map from above. Like it's just it's just not like a siege map typically is, and it's it just doesn't play well. I don't feel like. What if um, the um? So we were talking about like in siege two, they they one of the things they might do is find a way to curb the spawn runouts and the spawn peaks. Like not the. Like the in-game runouts, I have never had a pro- I have never had a problem with someone jumping out of like CEO window and bank when I'm repelling on skylight stairs. Like, that's fine. Like, you are risking something crazy to get a kill, or you're running out for a kill. It's the problem people have is like spawning and people running towards the spawns or peaking spawns. So yeah, I wonder, and, like every indication we've had from Ubisoft, I feel like uh, in like their changes and updates to maps and everything, especially like the original maps, like making little updates there. It's like always been in the way of curbing spawn peaks and curbing like the quick runouts where you can get people just coming out of spawn. Like I feel like they want you to feel as an attacker to feel safe to at least like begin to approach the building. Like obviously mm-hmm. when you round that first corner, you need to look at the right windows and stuff like that. But I don't think they want it where defenders can run straight out into your spawn and just like contest your your ability to even play the round. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I wonder. What if they had like a, uh, it's like the, the whole, like siege in general. It's it's Rainbow Six fighting against Rainbow Six, right? So like theoretically, you could say it's all training exercises. Mm-hmm. So what if they had it where like the buildings had like metal, you know, those windows that are like the metal windows that aren't actually windows. It's just like the metal frame that goes over them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like a lot of them on cafe. What if they just had those down over every single window and every single door for the first five seconds of the action phase? And they were all lifted up, and there was like the announcer said, like the the doors have opened or something. Like, so it's like a training exercise, but that would completely curb spawn peaking and runouts and everything. If the defenders couldn't go outside for the first five seconds or couldn't even look outside, sure, it was yeah. stuff like the Valk cam spawn throwouts, all that stuff. Yeah, like I'm I'm trying to think if is there would be like other problems problem? with that. Like, I mean, the only cause... thing it does is makes Valkyrie not be able to throw a cam out at the first second, which I do as Valkyrie, and I don't have a problem with it happening at all. Yeah, would but... like would there still be barricades behind those? You're saying? Yeah, there would be the bar- So the barricade would just be on the inside of it, so like defenders couldn't shoot out the barricade, and then the thing opens and it's open. The yeah, so ju- just to restate to make sure everybody's following. Basically, like yeah. everything is barricaded just the way it is right now, but then behind right. that barricade. There's also like a metal grate that is like completely closes off vision, and then they all open up at once, ten five to ten seconds after the round starts to give everybody yeah. their footing just to start. So, I would worry about like okay, so now the defenders can like okay, let's bust out all these five windows that are looking toward the spawn point, and then the windows will all open at once. So the barricade would be inside of the middle, so the metal mesh like oh, the so metal there's metal on both sides. On the outside. Just on the outside, so I guess right, right. Then, so, so then they break down the barricades, right? Uh, before the, the before the, the the defenders break down the barricades before uh-huh. the window uh, before the grates come up. Yeah. So then, like, say all five defenders plant themselves on the west side of the building, looking at the west side spawn, and then all of a sudden, all the metal things come up at the same time, and you're getting shot at from five windows I without mean, guess, any warning that that, also, that that was going to happen. You could do that at the beginning of the game. Now you can break open five barricades yes, but but you would see five windows open right well this way you would too you would see them opening and the windows being open but you would be in a better spot for it but, but like, i guess what i'm saying is like they would be able to secretly open all the windows behind so you're, you're not expecting that and you're you're used to every single round the metal grates flying up and then all of a sudden yeah. this time the metal grates fly up and there's five people shooting at you right yeah i guess but then they wouldn't know where you are because it's five seconds like with spawn peaking now, they know where you're going to be. And this way, it's like, they could be in It's five. It's been five seconds. They could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would almost be more interesting is, like, if you you spawned and then you could, like... Or, like, if, if attackers didn't even have, like, a spawn point, like, they could, like, choose kind of anywhere around the map. Or, or just even, like, yeah. you spawn in and, uh, like, during the prep phase still, and you can, like, run around pretty like anywhere outside the map and then like set some gates open or something you know i don't yeah, know interesting um but j- just like i think increasing the randomness of where the attackers are going to be so that it's not because like the predetermined spawn points that's really the problem right yeah it is i think um, it would be interesting if you could choose like you could just click anywhere on the map around like a certain 
space from the building of where yeah. you want to be. Or I'd like I, if they could just find a way to make it work where you could be spawned in any time during the prep phase, and then you could just run to where you wanted to go, right? So maybe there's three or four predetermined spawn points, but you can run anywhere you want to be, and you just can't like uh, like approach the building at a certain point, or like or you just can't break into the building until until so the time starts. Have the defenders like shooting at you in the prep phase, like they they're just looking outside and they see people running around. I mean, obviously they'd have to have something to stop that, but. Wait, defenders. Yeah, like, like, what if defenders uh, just broke down a barricade and just yeah, watched attackers spawning and running around outside? That's true. Anyway, I but anyway, like I, I do think one thing that I said this as we were playing the other day. Like, if Siege Two were to happen, I think one thing that we would see like a big shift in is the way that spawns are handled, so that there wouldn't be as much spawn peaking and like spawn runouts and stuff. Because I do feel like that's one of the biggest frustrations that people have with the game. Like, mm-hmm. even experienced players, it's just not fun. Like, it's not a fun way to play. Um, obviously, when you're the guy doing it and you're kind of, like, trolling people, then that's kind of fun. But, like, when you just die within the first three seconds or even, like, faster than that without even really getting a chance to have your bearings, like, that's just not fun. No. I wonder um, if part of it has to go with the uh, one-shot headshot. Like, you just die so fast, too, with the spawn peak. <laughs> I mean, even if there wasn't a one-shot headshot, like... It still sucks. Yeah, just taking a couple of rounds in the chest is is pretty damaging. Yeah. So, anyway, back on topic. Shifting Tides is our upcoming operation. Um, do, like, can we read anything into the name of it? Honestly, uh, no. When in their tweet, they said the waves of change are on the horizon, so I don't know if that's supposed to mean, like, there's going to be a lot of change, or if they're just going along with the gif that they posted yeah um i'm trying to so like ember rise i guess like ember rise that more or less goes with uh goyo and and, uh, and amaru Amaru. right right uh like see what was before that uh burnt horizon yeah burnt horizon nothing nothing really right other than like it's to do with australia yeah uh, that wasn't before that though. It was between Burnt Horizon and Ember Rise. Um, the Titan Nomad. No, there a while ago. Oh, it was uh, Warden and No. Oh yeah, it was um. Oh, Phantom Sight. Which should have so to yeah, with. Phantom and Sight. Yeah, that totally does. So if I mean, if we can take the past two seasons as an indication, then maybe Shifting Tides does have something to do with it. And then so we've had the leaks that we talked about last season. So one of them was like the the person. Do we know if they're uh, man or woman, the defenders uh, or the operators? He may have put a gender. I'm not sure. Okay, so matter. anyway, the the attacker is supposed to have some sort of grenade launcher that destroys gadgets, as far uh, as yeah, we can tell. EMP grenade launcher. Yeah, I mean, he didn't say the words EMP, did he? The the leaker no, guy. No, he just said it destroys gadgets. So, but it, yeah, and so that's kind of what you can maybe imply, and then right or infer, and then the. Uh, the other one is supposed to be some sort of grenade catcher that, like, later on detonates the grenades that it catches. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's I'd... it, just in general. It's shifting the tide of the game when someone throws a nade in, and now it's on the other team. Now the other team has that grenade to use against yeah. you. Or, like, they eat the thing that destroys gadgets, it's, it's a gadget that just changes the game because your gadgets are gone. Like, sure. maybe that's just what it's kind of going for. I, think I wonder if it's even just, like... um that these two operators are sort of introduced, like, uh, not introducing, but like, like, I guess bringing in like, uh, new, new ways of doing things that we've been doing for a long time. Right. It's kind of like a Thatcher alternative and a Jaeger alternative, which have both been operators that really, there's no other person that does anything very similar to them. Uh, so, so I mean, maybe that's what it's about. Like kind of shifting the meta. I don't know. Um, but you know how you can find out, Ryan? Wait three days? Four days? Yeah. You can watch us watch this on Sunday. Yeah, so we should mention that. So, uh, obviously, the Pro League event is happening this weekend, the 9th and 10th. Um, and that's where they will do the official announcement. And so, our plan is to uh, stream the reveal of the of the new season and our reactions to it and what we think about it um and so that's actually happening the events in japan mm-hmm. so the scheduled time is like 4 p.m in japan right, which is hours. 
Yeah, so that's that's midnight that's a, for us in Mountain Time. That'd be eleven, 11 p.m. Pacific, uh-huh. or one a.m. Eastern. Two a.m. Eastern. Uh, yeah, sorry, two a.m. Eastern. However, <laughs> often they're like way ahead, right? With, with yeah, with Ubisoft's uh, scheduling, their, not their scheduling, but they're like their previous, they're like track their tra- record, track record. Thank you. Their track record. It's going to be about two hours earlier than this, probably. Sure. Yeah. So, so be, I would. <laughs> I would be, be re- watching at the very latest if you want to see it at uh, ten like or nine p.m. Nine, Pacific. Yeah, nine Pacific. Um, so anyway, we're we're Pacific. planning to stream it and uh, you know react to it and and give our thoughts, and then of course we'll podcast about it the next next episode. But if you want to join in on that, you know where to follow us. I'm Rye Guy W R Y G U Y, and he is just hello with three O's. It'll probably be on Rye Guy's uh, Twitch though. So yeah, because there's YouTube. probably not a good way. I mean. Yeah, there's not really a good way for us to... I'm not really nervous about it either, so... Multistream, okay. so... Okay, yeah, so check it out on Ryguy, W-R-Y-G-U-Y, whether it's on Twitch, YouTube, or Mixer, I'm on all of those, and I stream at all of those simultaneously, so come check that out on... Uh, Saturday. It's Saturday night, right? Sunday night. Cause, well, because it's Sunday in Japan at 4 o'clock, which so is... That'd be Monday morning. It's later. N- no, Japan's We're... ahead of us. No, they're before us, aren't they? No, because the the international dateline's in the Pacific, so oh, we're the the... Interna- yeah. Wait, hold on, you're right. It's right at them. So anyway, anyway. Uh, we'll have the full reveal then, and that'll be exciting. What else are you hoping for in the season? I want to see custom games. I want to see a change in that, and I want to see uh, map pool being reduced further in ranked. Yes, yes, Those are yes. Two yes. things that I really want to see, but. The Chonka rework would be sweet. Yeah, see. like apparently that's do a you thing think coming up. We're gonna get any big changes in operators starting uh, with I mean, the supposedly new supposedly the Chonka rework is going to be talked about. Yeah, I mean that's that in the leak, right? So do you think that'll be coming that the I would guess something that huge would come like mid season. Don't you think? Yeah, I guess it could, but like how often have we had like big operator reworks at the start of the season recently? Not super often, but they have. This is like I feel like they're set in their way with the cells that they have now, where they think something like that could happen. Yeah. Uh, theme park will be reworked. That's exciting. I'm excited to see what theme park is going to look like. Yeah, me too. I I just hope that like it's a lot lighter and easier to see mm-hmm. people. Yep. And the whole initiation side just needs to be revamped to be less mazy. You know, like. It's just so weird. Like they just need clearer, like hallways and pathways. Like they need to color code the stairs. I wonder uh, if uh, in the the Halloween event, you remember how the trains were like. One of my biggest problems with it was they changed the map just slightly in some areas where like it messed me up in the game. Like the trains, you couldn't get into the trains at all. Yeah, and so, like there was a time where I was running from someone. I went to like run through the trains, and you couldn't get in the trains. And I was like, okay, f you guys. Right. Well, I mean, and you so learned wonder, that pretty quick, right? Yeah, that was like the first time, but it upset me. I wonder if that is like part of the new map, like the trains are just not going to be accessible at all. They're just closed off because that would be great if that room was not like you had to like check all the trains and everything. It was just like two sides of the train that you had to worry about. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. Yeah, like if it was just uh, just limited to how many cars you could get into, that would be so sweet. I mean, just don't let them in the cars at all. Yeah, um, yeah, that would be good. Like, I'm, uh, I don't know. What do you think? Like, do you think they need another like staircase somewhere in that map? I mean, there's three of them. I think if they just like, if they want to just get rid of trains completely and just push it together, in a way that other staircase wouldn't be so like far away and unreliable. Mm-hmm. The double staircase, because that's that's one that's never used. Like when you're on drug side, you'd never use a double staircase, and then if you do, it's like you're wasting. 20 seconds of time yeah if you're a three speed it's like yeah so. i i feel like they need something closer in the middle there like i would not be opposed to another staircase although the problem with another staircase, staircase is like four staircases is pretty tough to remember call outs uh you know yeah like um i mean we do have it on canal and it's it, they're just colors yeah canal has four yeah because they've Yellow, green green stairs, blue, red. Yellow. Oh gosh. Yeah. See, I don't know all those callouts, and maybe I would if I played it more. But 
yeah, anyway. Theme parks can be reworked. That's, I mean, we'll, again, a couple days, so. I'm excited. Yeah, then we'll know. Cool. Okay. Uh, oh, one thing that I meant to mention last week and then I forgot, and I almost forgot this week. <laughs> uh, so a couple of people have corrected us. Uh, we were talking a lot about Ubinati over the past few episodes because Ubinati was involved with the explanation of the Jackal rework that was completely wrong and made no sense. Uh, and that was all cleared up. But we referred to Ubinati as a him or a male many times. And turns out Ubinati is a woman <laughs> and identifies as a woman. So <laughs> we apologize. Yeah. Sorry to Ubinati for that. And uh, now we know. Um, TL Bear has a match for the week for you to check out if you are going to be watching Pro League. So this will be today, I guess. And let's see. Yeah, because this episode will release Friday. So it'll be probably... I can't try to like... So it's going to be like 6 p.m.-ish on Friday is when you'll be able to want to catch this match. So TL Bear is one of the... 6 p.m. in what time zone? Yeah, PSD. Okay. Pacific. Um, so Teal Bear is one of the moderators in the Underground podcast and he follows in the Underground Discord. He follows Pro League pretty closely. So this is one of the matches of the week that you want to probably catch is the, I mean, obviously the final match, but Dark Zero versus Space Clan is probably the best one to watch. So the other two of the other teams is going to be EU teams facing APAC teams, which is not going to be a challenge to EU because EU is famously better than the APAC teams. Mm-hmm. And the other team you have Ninjas in Pajamas has a bunch of visa issues with their players, and so they're not going to have everyone there, so it's going to be a a match not going in their favor, not as fun to watch. And so the Dark Zero Risk Phase Clan is probably one of the best quarterfinals to watch if you want to catch something exciting mm. in the Pro League this, this time around. Um, also, if you want to uh, mention... That's what I'm going to say. If you want to message TL Bear, you can get to him on the... Um, I don't know, on Discord by DMing him where you can tag him in the Pro League channel. He's basically going to start picking matches for us to, because we don't watch Pro League enough to tell you what match to watch, but we know that we have listeners that are excited to watch Pro League, and so TL Bear has taken it on for himself to decide what matches are good for people to watch, and if you want to get into Pro League, what you should look at. So he does that by looking at how good the two teams are that are going to be facing each other. If there's a storyline between them, like a rivalry, for example, G2 and Empire, when they go against each other in the finals and one of the other wins and then just how yeah. high the stakes are in the match uh-huh. um so those are what he, that's what he looks at so that's going to be an interesting match if you want to try to get into pro league that's something to look out for yeah do you have any idea how these uh first matchups were chosen is it seated or is it random i, th- I think it's seated but i'm it could be wrong they're like qualified for him or something throughout well the yeah season. so these are the yeah these are the pro league Finals. So these are the best yeah. teams that have done the best in the season. I yeah. don't know how they've chosen who matches up against who, but I think it's. I mean, I would seed. I would assume that it's seeded uh, if they're you know if they're playing into the tournament. Then it seems like it would be. It's just yeah. weird that at least on the graphics they don't have like what seeds everybody is. Yeah, like normally you would do that, but anyway, you know what we need for pro league? Uh we need an unrenowned copy pasta. We just need people copy pasting some thing that references unrenowned over the Twitch chat the entire time. <laughs> what do you mean? Do you know what copy pasta is? No. It's just like when like you know, like people like get like stupid messages that they like copy and paste in like Twitch chat and stuff, and like everybody will just keep copying and pasting the same message. I mean you haven't spent enough time on Twitch, clearly. Uh but people Wait, do like say say it again, they what? copy and paste they copy and paste so somebody like so just like a random message so somebody write like a random message like oh i don't know it could be like anything like just a weird story about like a duck or something or it could be like like one of the ones i saw recently was like uh rainbow six siege copy pastas are not even good people need to up their meme game or something like that and like and so, like, there was this, like, long diatribe on how Rainbow Six copy pastas are bad. And then everybody copies that and pastes it in the Twitch chat just, like, over the course of the event. And it's called a copy pasta. Oh. So, anyway, for those of you who don't know what copy pasta is, that's what it is. And uh, we need one that references Unrenowned and everybody's just copy pasting Unrenowned. That'd be sweet. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. That. 
Somebody, somebody write that and make it meme enough that everybody picks it up. Uh, anyway, let's get into listener questions. It's the best part of the podcast, listener questions. And Chris, these questions are easy to ask. Yeah, I mean, it's not too hard. You basically think of something and that you want to ask, and then you Google under your Discord, join the Discord, go to the podcast questions channel, type in your question. And we answer it, basically, is how it works. I mean, if the question's good enough. Or, 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 you go to twitter.com slash Rainbow Six Unrenowned. R6, R6 Unrenowned is us. <laughs> Awkward. And then you can just message us there, and we answer those, too. Yeah. So if you have a Siege question, if you have a question about other games or whatever, like send those in. We love to answer you guys' questions, and uh, it's always a good time on the podcast. Uh, one thing we should also mention is if you are in the Discord channel and you want to have a special role that denotes your dedication and enjoyment and loyalty and participation with the podcast, then ask yourself, or ask us, rather, six uh, questions that get answered on six separate episodes of the podcast, and you will earn the podcast questionnaire role, which shows everybody how freaking cool you are. Yeah, Chris, I mean, you, it does. Are you a podcast questionnaire? I technically i'm sure i've asked enough questions on the podcast <laughs> it's probably true um yeah so do that we've got some great questions this week but not a lot of them so next time guys get your question in here because there's a better chance it's chosen since there's fewer questions simple nelson 64 has a question what would you think to a pulse acog i mean i wouldn't be like super opposed to it but he doesn't need one yeah, the thing is the pulse Fine. is already pretty strong. So I don't think pulse needs it. And and also I feel like a lot of pulse players use the shotgun anyway because it works so well like through walls and stuff. Uh but it would be really nice on a castle. So if this became a like first time that a weapon had different attachments per operator, that would be really interesting to me because I think castle getting an ACOG would make castle a lot more enticing. Uh, what do you think? I mean, castle having one would make more sense, but like you said, pulse is already strong. Like, there's no reason, yeah, to we acogs do buff people regardless of what you might read on Reddit about acogs being just as balanced as any other site. They're not. They are a sh buff, and there's no. I mean, yeah, we have we that. have very clear evidence of that with the ash thing, right? Right. So. So there's that. Although, again, I think kind of at least your stance, and I think I probably kind of agree with you, is like, hey, what if uh, there were no ACOGs? Yeah. <laughs> what like, if they just didn't what exist? If restricted to like DMRs or something, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, I think that is a very interesting idea. Uh, or at least like not on defense. Is that also one of your ideas? Yeah, I'd be fine with that too, but I, I'm not sure if I have said that or not. Wouldn't that make Pulse the first three speed with an ACOG on defense? Or no? Uh, I mean, Jaeger had one and Bandit had one. But right, right, right. With one currently, I think. Nobody else does, be. right? And like, there's so. not even a lot of two speeds to have them. So, yeah. Um, I, Pulse for ACOG, no. If it was Castle getting ACOG on the UMP, perhaps. Skian asks us a bunch of questions that are probably also my bank security questions. Here we go. <laughs> what are your favorite games in each genre? Um, I mean, how many genres so, are yeah, there? Well, I mean, he asked, he, he referred to his question from last week where he asked what our favorite game genres were. So then right. he says, what are your favorite games in each genre? So I'm assuming he means in our favorite genres. Right? Okay, yeah. So, I would think. So let's. I, mean, I think is... we both said FPS was one of our favorite genres. So what's your favorite FPS? Is that a stumper? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, mine is probably Halo One. I mean, we've our love for Halo has been well documented on the podcast, but I would probably say Halo One is my favorite. And then after that, it's like it's right there between like COD Four and Rainbow Six. Probably Rainbow Six. Man, mine's probably Far Cry. <laughs> uh it's probably Halo Reach actually. Really? Interesting. Yeah, it's probably I wouldn't have Halo guessed Reach. that. Yeah, that or Halo One. 
And then what, I, is your list other than that pretty much the same Siege. as mine? Yeah. Yeah, basically. What, what about I, Black I, Ops? I know you're a big Black I might, Ops fan. I would put Black Ops before COD 4, but that's I played way more Black Ops than did COD 4. Yeah, that's kind of an age I, thing. Yeah. Uh, I love that Anything game, else though. on your shooter list? Not my shooter list, no. Um, RTS? I mean, I didn't say that was one of my favorite genres, but my favorite RTSs are probably StarCraft 1 and Age of Empires 2. Yeah, it's same. Battle for Middle Earth, I know it's not balanced at all in any way, but it was fun because I was like 11 or 12 when I was playing it, and just being yeah. able to control a bunch of archers from Gondor was fun. It's a super fun concept, for sure. Uh, I said puzzle games was one of my favorite genres. My favorite puzzle games are uh, Portal and Portal 2, and Limbo is also really, really great. Uh, I, I think I've mentioned that like several times as well. But like, if you haven't played Limbo, you are missing out. Go play Limbo. It's like two hours. It's probably you can get it for like less than five dollars a lot of times. It's on everything. So go play yeah, Limbo. Yeah, it was free on the Epic Store for a quick second. It was, and I hope you guys did. Anybody actually like go and grab that or uh, what was the other did inside you fall on deaf ears? <laughs> yeah, like I'm interested if anybody went and grabbed that and played it because I I recommended it because uh, so was it it's so was good. it free and then just free forever if you got it during that time yeah yeah so i mean epic games is giving away free games every week uh just to keep you don't have to be a member or anything like you don't have to pay any subscription it's just straight up free games uh so yeah if you missed it Um, you missed out but if if you had missed it like go download the epic client on your pc and just download games a lot of these are games that like you can play on any pc i don't want epic i want steam yeah steam's not giving you free games uh are there any other genres that really... I mean, I don't really play... Honestly, the only genre I really do play is um, FPS. I did play MMORPG when I was younger. And so, like, RuneScape and MapleStory were my favorite of those. So I didn't really play anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, Minecraft, I think, is a great game. I still... I still, I see, like, a random Minecraft picture online, and I think, I kind of want to play Minecraft. <laughs> still, to this day. It's such a great game. Um, something else just popped in my head that I was like, "Oh, as far as platformers go, you know the best game, Trials." Oh, Trials! Yeah, Trials is super Tri- you fun. know what it- Trials is great for too. Playing in class. Oh, why, okay. You know why? Because you don't have to press the space bar. That's the loudest key. I tried to play Super Meat Boy the other day, and it's too loud because you have to press the space bar too much, and that's like the loudest key on the whole keyboard. Bring a controller. So I couldn't play that. No, that's way too, and that's way too <laughs> obvious. That's embarrassing. So, Trials is great because it's literally just the arrow keys, like just the arrow keys, and then I have shift mapped to my reset level button, and then a period mapped to my like so if, go to checkpoint. If you don't know what Trials is, it's oh, yeah. like Explain it's it. like a motorcycle game, like a two D sort of like uh, obstacle course motorcycle thing, almost like those old Flash games, but just like way more developed. Yeah, so it's it's great too because like. So it's super quiet because it's just the four keys and you can look like you're typing. But then, better, you can easily pay attention while you're playing that game. Like, it takes zero, like, focus at all. And I I pay better attention when I'm playing that than I do when I'm actually trying to focus on the lesson. Do you ever lean? Like no, I don't. Phys- physically lean while you're playing? Like, no. there's, like, there's, I think, actually, I, I think I have a couple of times. I've there like, are two games <laughs> that can actually make me, like, physically lean still. Like, obviously, when you're, like, a kid or just learning to play video games, like, that kind of is natural, but then you kind of, like, grow out of it. The two games, Trials, the Trials series will make me lean, and Rocket League will make me lean. But Siege doesn't else. make you lean or duck at all anymore? I guess Siege does a little bit. Like, I, I'm mostly considering, like, driving games is what I was talking about, but okay. I guess I Siege I sometimes get... do, too. I get hemorrhoids from playing Siege. <laughs> With how much I'm like running away from something and like I can feel the bullet scraping my back. Yeah. You gotta clench those bad boys. Get the heck out of there. Yeah. Um, no, Rocket League definitely. I I like jump up and try to like hit the ball with my head. Get, get a little higher. Anyway. Um, also, I mentioned like action games with RPG elements are like one of my favorite genres. Uh my favorites there are like um, Shadow of Middle Earth is really really good or Middle Earth Shadow, Shadow of Mortar, Mortar I guess uh, I, I haven't play played that. the sequel still which I really should but that game oh, is what's really, the sequel? really good. Uh, Shadow of War oh yeah yeah 
Yeah, I want to play that okay. game. This is the like I have a random complaint about this, but like so the first game is called Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, and then the next game I think is called Middle Earth Shadow of War. And my question is like, how is Shadow the word that you take away as like y- your series <laughs> title as opposed to Mordor? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe yeah, maybe good. the second game isn't as focused in Mordor or something, but it's just it seems like that's the game that's the word that like ties you to Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, like they didn't go Batman Arkham Asylum and then Batman, you know, Shadow Asylum. They went Batman Arkham City. Like Arkham yeah. is the word, that, right? <laughs> like, not Asylum, right? No, that's a good point. So that also, I actually really like uh, Batman Arkham Asylum too. I, that would, I wouldn't normally consider that like one of my favorites, but just the fact that I brought it up, I really like that game. Uh, Assassin's um, Creed Two and Brotherhood, really, really. I was really just good. gonna say Assassin's Creed Three. I liked a lot. Really, that's one of the ones that people don't like. That's funny. I, I more than anything, I watched somebody play it, and I thought it was really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I did play it myself, but I'm I love remember how the setting. Yeah, the like, setting is cool. I've only played up through Revelations, so that's the one right before uh, 3. But, like, just the, the revolutionary, American revolutionary setting is, like, awesome. Being an American. Like, <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Okay, that's a long time on that question. Uh, Skian has more questions. Also, excluding Halo, what are the best video game campaigns you've played? I'm, I'm First, I'm trying to think what campaigns have I played other than Halo. I mean, I've played loads. Yeah, I, I have not. Uh, I mean, if I guess if you consider like the Mass Effect trilogy, like that's really really good. I like I almost don't really consider that like a campaign in the same sense that like Halo is, right? Uh, if you're thinking of more like a like kind of a driven linear experience, like a Halo. Again, Call of Duty Four has a really great campaign. Uh, gosh, this is such a hard question. It's just trying to make like I'm trying to think of every game I've ever played. Uh. Ocarina, Ocarina of, of Time. Time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that came to mind. Ocarina of Time. That's it right there. That's my answer. Final answer. Um, I really like Dishonored too. Like I, I have like complaints about that game. Like it's not very polished. Like it, you can very much tell it's a Bethesda game a lot of times. And what about uh, uh, what about Dark Souls? Oh, Dark Souls is really good. I I wouldn't say it's like one of the best campaigns ever because the story is like so obscure and like difficult to follow even if you're trying that like you like at least when i played through it i always felt like i was missing stuff and like it just made me feel like frustrated more than anything mm-hmm. like outside of the gameplay and like the gameplay was really really fun obviously super frustrating as well but in like a good way uh you know what game yeah, was kind of fun of. Hmm. remember shrek the shrek <laughs> video game <laughs> on original xbox yeah what was the it was actual kind of fun there i don't i don't I don't know. I just remember going to Humpty Dumpty all the time. Oh, yeah. That was like. I remember this. Was it just called Shrek? I thought it had a subtitle. It's just Shrek. I think it was just called Shrek. Um, It was a bad game, but. I liked it. But it it was all right. Oh, uh, first of all, a lot of Pokemon games have really great, like, story modes. Mm, Yeah. Um, The Advance Wars games. Oh, yeah. Those are way good. Yeah, they are. Uh, so Advance Wars is like a turn-based strategy that was on Game Boy Advance and then following Game Boy consoles. And it's just like, it's got a bunch of like characters that each have like unique special abilities. And it's just this turn-based like military uh, strategy game. And it's it's really, really fun. And the campaigns are interesting. Oh, how did I not think of the freaking Last of Us? The Last that... of Us may be the best single-player game ever made. Yeah, Ryan says that all the time. It's I can't tell you whether it's true or not because I haven't played it. It's so good. I can't wait for the last of us two. And Red Dead. Red Dead Redemption. I, should I actually just started Red Dead Redemption the other day. Oh, really? I should play through it with you. I literally, like, literally just started. Like, I went through the very first fight in the game. Okay, I'm going to go start it, too, because I love that game, and I've been wanting to replay it before I play Red Dead 2, which just barely came out on PC. Yep. So I will also play through that. And I'll, I'll stream it, too. So if you want to catch me playing Red Dead, come uh, hop in my stream, Guy, And uh, you can watch me playing Red Dead. Okay, let's get on. <laughs> we're, we're spending a long time on these questions because yeah. they're like, 
like they're self-indulgent <laughs> so it's a lot of fun <laughs> back to siege questions finally <laughs> which actually i should say i like non-siege questions but i there's probably a section of the audience that would like us to talk about siege so rush 17 why Rush 17 asks, how often do you guys get Claymore kills in ranked, and have you tried the air jab plus Claymore trap with a friend where you propel an enemy with an air jab into a Claymore? I did it uh, through a wall, and it was so funny. <laughs> Those that are funny. I funny love, to get through the wall. Yeah, like, some of my favorite clips that get shared to, like, the subreddit are air jab tricks. Those are very fun to watch. Um, I've never, I've never personally done it. I get kills with Claymores, like, a fair amount in ranked, but I have them down. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best uses I've seen for an air jab, though, just recently, we were playing on consulate in the garage basement, and I was playing pulse behind the garage doors, telling Bandit where to put his battery. And Nomad put an air jab underneath the drone hole, so when Thermite went to put his charge on the very left, or I guess from the inside, the very right panel, and I told mm-hmm. Bandit to get that one. The air jab went off just in time and shot Bandit away from it so they could blow the wall open. Yeah. And I was like, that was incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't hear it because I was pulsed with my thing, and he didn't hear it because he's listening to the to thermite, putting it down and the thermite going off. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that was genius. That was yeah. really smart. Really good use of it. I In the same game, I had a very frustrating experience with the air jab. So I was uh, we were on defense, and we were defending the top floor uh, in consulate, and uh, they had like two or three guys repelling on those west windows, I think, that are like look into the console office, like right onto the objective room. And so, like somebody called it out, and I knew they were over there. And so I went down to that yellow stairs door to try to do a run out, and uh, there was a claymore there. And then I heard Nomad shoot an air jab onto the door as well. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll like wait for them to like not be waiting for me, right? And so like I heard them repelling and everything. I was like, okay, and I, I had a a uh, impact grenade so i tossed my impact grenade against the door jam to like destroy the gadgets that they just put down and the claymore blows up and then i run out to go do the run out and like they didn't look at me at all like it was going to be great and then the air jab goes off and i was like what the freak i just threw an impact grenade and somehow it didn't get the air jab so i don't know if like just the way that the splash damage went out it just didn't hit or something but it was like right on the corner of the door and it didn't get the air jab so then like the air jab just throws me back and I can't get up in time to like shoot back or get back inside or anything. And I was like so frustrated because they didn't even look at me when I ran out. And it's like a perfect, perfectly executed run out attempt, you know, like, like, uh, negating all of their defenses against it. Ah, I just got screwed by the game. Yeah. So that's my story. It sucks when you like know something is there and you do something on purpose to stop that thing, which should have worked. And it just didn't. And you're like, yeah. I knew that was there. I like I knew it was there and yeah. I purposely did this action to stop that from happening. I, yeah, I played for that. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. uh so, and I guess now I know for next time to really get the impact out there, not on the door jam. Uh um as far as getting claymore kills and ranked, very rarely, uh, because I just don't carry claymores that often. Like I usually prefer to have like breach charges or something just because I feel like that comes in clutch a little more often where I like, I hate being stranded because I can't get through a wall or something. Um, but when I have them, like honestly, you just put them on runout spots and that's where you'll get claymore kills. Yeah. And so Iconics asks if we've ever watched red versus blue, the halo series. Uh, I have seen some of them. I don't like love them or think they're like super, super funny, but I've seen red versus blue before. Yeah. I, uh, they are still making episodes. I did not know they were still making that. I did know that, and it's crazy. I like I've seen the first few episodes, and then like I've seen some of like the highlight episodes here and there that people like love or whatever. Yeah, but could, yeah, I've never got way into it. Uh, so, like there's been a few times where I thought like I should get into this, and then I just I'm not that interested. <laughs> it's funny. So Rooster Teeth are the ones that make that. They used to be like huge, 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 like super funny. I guess their thing was Halo. Yeah, and they've their growth has like curbed almost completely. Like they're just, they've hit like a wall and they're just not really. Yeah. Like, I, I, mean, I don't the, hear rooster teeth as much as I used to. They're still kind of a big deal. Like I think they probably just they got are. to a point where they're, they're happy where they are. I would yeah. guess, but anyway, uh, yeah. Red versus blue is still going and you can find, I think all of the episodes on YouTube. I think it was even on Netflix yeah, at one point. Really? I'm not sure on that. Like, don't quote me, but I think I remember that being a thing. 
Interesting. Um, so yeah. God Egg asked, would you guys like to see more special interactions, like how Echo is immune to Dokubi's calls, or how Ella and Zofia are more resistant to each other's concussions? No. Yeah, we've talked about this before. We're kind of object. Uh, we kind of object to that just because it's so hard to communicate that information to people. That like, how do you? How are you supposed to know that that's a thing? And it's not. It's not in the game anywhere. Not written in the game. It's yeah. that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, that's just stupid. Uh, Doctor Snorgasm says, "Hey guys, love the podcast. Thank you, and have enjoyed the few occasions we squatted up together. Same. I've been wondering what toggle option you guys run for leaning, and if you could discuss the pros and cons of each setting. Keep up the good work. So, I think some people have lean on hold, mm-hmm. which I don't. Mine is just the default Q and E, and it's just toggle. Yeah, me too. On and off. I've never changed it. I, I could see like the." the um, pros to having it on hold so you would hold it down and then when you let go you're not leaning anymore so you don't have to press an extra button yeah and it seems like it'd be easier to do like kind of a lean back and forth type of thing or like a quick peek than you know than yeah having to tap it tap it twice or tap one and then tap the other or whatever but it just seems too complicated for me <laughs> yeah, i'm not into that <laughs> well and i like the idea of not having to keep my finger on it like if i want to put my finger back on the movement buttons right yeah um yeah. Also, I mean, he said he enjoyed the occasions we squatted up together, and it is fun. And if you guys want to play with us, like, get in the Discord, and we play with people all the time from the Discord. So if you want to, like, just come run some rounds with us and siege, for sure, come do that. Shedlock asked, what are your top baiting techniques or mind games in Siege? I feel like mind games are a huge aspect of Siege, especially more than most FPS games because of the no respawning. What are some of your favorite mind game moments, i.e. Claymore baiting by placing outside a window and then droning so they jump out? So first of all, I think like even more than the no respawning being what causes mind games, like that's part of it because it like forces people to play differently, right? Like where people are actually trying to be cautious. And so that like really changes the way people play in the way that you can mess with people's heads. Mm-hmm. Um, but even more than that, I think it's just like the sandbox of Siege, right? Like the claymores and all the special gadgets and the breach charges, like all this stuff that you can do and, you know, molding the map to your desire, like that, that sandbox, I think is really what makes mind games possible and that's what's like so cool about siege um but that's it what are your what are your top baiting techniques i don't like i i thought about this when i read the question um a day or two ago i don't think i really have any like specific thing that i do to try to bait people like mm-hmm. like a go-to technique yeah i mean clash when i'm playing clash i'm definitely trying to bait people into stuff but other than that like i not usually am <laughs> doing that yeah, I mean, I guess some of my favorite things are just, like, trying to, uh, like, as Maestro, trying to, like, bait people to, like, use their gadgets so I can destroy them and stuff like that. Um, uh, I mean, we, we do tricks sometimes with, like, frost traps where we're, like, open a hatch that people usually, like, strafe onto, you know, and then put a frost trap, like, open the hatch and put a frost trap below it so they'll kind of, like, not realize the hatch is open and then, like, strafe on top of it and fall right down into a frost trap. Which is not really bait as more as it is just like a silly trap. But uh, I think what like I one of my favorite actual experiences of baiting somebody was uh, this one time. I I think it was Mira and like they got a plant down on Oregon, uh, Oregon kitchen. They had planted the bomb and I was last guy alive. It's like a one v three and I killed one guy. And then it was you remember this? Yeah, it was. Uh, I have the video on my uh, YouTube and I think on my Twitch also, so you can go watch that. But um, it was Monty and I think a Thormite or something. And so, you know, Thormite's being smart. He's just sitting, you know, in the room with the, with the kit and holding while Monty's like just out harassing me. Right. And so what Monty didn't do right was he should have just blocked the one door and like mm-hmm. forced me to you like have to try to like break in through a wall or go around to the other door. And then obviously he just moves back to that other door. Right. And they just like play that game, but he didn't, he was like just kind of out there with me and just like staying in front of me. And then because I was Mira, I was too slow to like try to get around him or anything like that. So I'm like, I'm like just running around, like trying to figure out how I'm going to get back into this room to defuse the bomb and or defuse the dis- disable the kit. And then uh, as I'm running, I just noticed this frost trap like sitting behind. There's like that overturned table and like the couch that are like kitty corner to each other. And there's a frost yeah. trap sitting right there. And I was like, that's my solution. Like on the video, you can like even see me kind of like do a double take at the frost trap and like uh-huh. realize. <laughs> I was like, that's like that's the answer. And so like I'm just like, that's my ticket out of here. Yeah, 
I'm like, I'm just like trying to like bait him to come out just a little bit farther than he was and just like, you know, like teabagging and stuff and just like doing all this stuff to try to bait him out. And so finally, I just like, I go to the very back corner of the room and like, he just was like way too aggro for a Monty. He just like kept coming at me. And so I finally lured him past the point of the frost trap and then like tried to like rush toward that like corner between the, the table and the wall. So he would have to try to like close off that corner. And so like he backs up into that corner and then backs right into the frost trap. And like, I'm just like, yes, I got it. And then like, I go, I was able to like kill the thermite super easily. And then like, I go start diffusing and then I realize like, oh, I got time. And I'll like drop the diffuser, and, like <laughs> go back to kill Monty. Who's like still on the trap, and then I go defuse and win the round, and I was like so pumped, like I baited him so hard. Oh yeah, a uh, stupid Monty. It was, yeah, it was. He was a bad Monty. Like he did it poorly, but I was very proud. So yeah, if you um, want to see that, it's on my YouTube channel. Rush seventeen says, "Hi guys, I asked Fiasco and his Rainbow Six since his Rainbow Six sensitivity on his stream this week. I'm curious, but sensitivity hello plays with." Um, so my horizontal sensitivity is 16, my vertical is 16, and my aim down sights is 26, and my DPI on my mouse is 1,000. So if that yeah. helps at all. Yeah, I, so the thing is... That's relatively high, I feel like, because, I mean, mine's really high, just because I cannot get used to, like, turning slowly. What is yours at? So my DPI is 1,600, which is, like, twice as high as most people's, like, yep. top DPI. Uh, and then my sensitivities are, like, it was, I think it was at 25, and I just turned it down a little bit. I'm going to try again to get used to the slower. But, oh, like, yeah. one thing about DPI, I feel like a lot of people don't understand That's DPI. That's double my sensitivity right there. Yeah, it is. It's, like, it's really high. I feel like a lot of people don't understand DPI, though. Like, DPI, there's no reason not to have it, like, as high as possible. Like, within reason, obviously, you don't want it, like, at 4,000. But, like, the higher DPI just means, like, higher precision with your mouse. And so, it like you just compensate for that with like lower sensitivity. Right. And so like a lot of times people are like, mm-hmm. Oh, I play DPI 400. And it's like, well, you're just losing precision at that point. You should do it higher and then just put your sense lower. And like, I, maybe I'm missing yeah. something here, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. And a lot of people just don't get it. The, the hardest thing with sensitivity is like you had the pros sensitivity out on their things or whatever, but if it doesn't say the DPI of their mouse, it doesn't really help you. Mm-hmm. And then if it also, the window sensitivity goes into it too, doesn't it? Like what no, you have your windows? No, Siege and like any any serious FPS cam ignores windows settings. Okay, completely. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, there's like four different, it's like the volume. Like you have your headset volume, you have your windows PC volume, and then you have your audio volume in the game. Right. It's like there's like four different controls. Yeah, like all these volume. mixers messing with it. Uh, yeah, like um, for sensitivity anyway. though, I just feel like find what's comfortable. Like, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. And you know, lower in theory is better because you can be a little bit more accurate with like those small adjustments. But like for me, I just I yeah. really struggle you, to like have to move my arm a thousand miles to turn around. You've got to just find something, and then you've got to stick with it. Like changing it all the time is not helpful. Yeah, I made an effort like a few months ago to try to make it lower, and it just was not good. Um, also. There, there. I mean, there still is a hype of playing with like super, super high FOV. Yeah, you can see more on the sides. Yeah, that is honestly like. I mean, my whole thing is like, I don't like my game looking so freaking weird. Yes, and so my my FOV is normal. Um, but then secondly, it it makes the what's in the middle of your screen look smaller. And so if you're aiming at someone's head, now it's a tiny target instead of like a larger target. If you have a normal FOV, yeah, like a lot of the pros have like started going down in FOV or like making their screen resolution four, three instead of yeah. 69 to like Another stretch out the middle of the screen. <laughs> the four, three resolution <laughs> thing is so stupid. Oh yeah. It's dumb. But anyway, in some ways, like sometimes I wish settings. that with, with games like this, that they would like lock certain settings and settings at certain things just to like, yeah, because I hate that. Like, I feel like I'm not as competitive as somebody else because I'm not like using this stupid setting that that um, makes the game look really stupid. Yeah, like it gives you an advantage theoretically, but also it makes the game look garbage. So like I don't want to do that. Like I'm, <laughs> I want the game yeah. to look decent. I bought like really expensive graphics equipment for this. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's like the streamers that are super super have really nice computers, but everything's on low graphics. Right. It's like uh, okay. Um, final question of the day. Yeah, Noah won me. Noah won me ninety-seven. What are some good tips on how to use Buck, and what is what are Buck's best maps? 
So first well, of all, we we did a buck spotlight. You did a buck spotlight. Um, mm-hmm. Let me. I'm gonna find what episode that was, and you talked about all of this stuff. Uh, buck, buck, buck. Oh wait, hang on. Have you not done a buck spotlight? If I haven't, I need to do one. Yeah, seriously. I. It's possible I just didn't record it when you did it, but I'm pretty sure that you just haven't done it, which is nutty. I think you you asked me this, like, have you done a buck spotlight? And I was like. Yeah. No, I think that was a different one because uh, I thought I hadn't done Castle. Oh, too. Echo. Yeah, Castle and Echo. I was like, wait, have we not done Castle and Echo? Because that seems crazy. <laughs> like, no, we had. I just hadn't found it or hadn't recorded it. Um. Well, anyway, Buck. I'll I'll do a spotlight on Buck. I guess coming up here. Yeah. But give us some. Give us a preview maps, trailer. Best maps for Buck is Border for sure. There's ton. You want maps that have vertical gameplay. Um, that's huge. And then you also want maps that have. Just like a lot of destructibility like objectives where people aren't reinforcing walls a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill is a pretty good one for that. You can get to some walls that just aren't reinforced. Like a lot of times people will miss the wall that's in the hallway by 90 yeah. degree. They'll miss that hallway and you can hit something there and just open a hole for something. Um, one of the best tips for Buck, uh, especially if you're playing against... Um, like an organ where they're going to pick Mira. I mean, organ's hard for Buck because a lot of it's a hard floor. Um, I guess a better border when they're picking Mira or Villa when they're picking Mira. If you know where the Mira spots are from above or below, you can hit above it and then or below it and then hit the Mira like window from below or above, and that's huge. Or you can find out where to throw a frag from below so you can hit like a certain spot. So I do this all the time on border. They put the Mira window on those reinforced walls and armory. I go inside ventilation, I hit a hole up, and I throw a frag right where Mira's standing, and I get a kill every time Mira's played there because Mira's standing there. Yeah. Um, so that's huge, knowing where Mira windows are, knowing where spots are that people are going to be camping throughout the round or where people normally hold from below or above. Knowing the map layout really well. And that's the biggest for thing. For Buck and, and like any similar operator, right? Like, I mean, even yeah. somebody like Fuse, right? Just knowing where the right spots are is, is really a big deal. Keeping your mind open to realizing you have a way to get through walls. Yeah. Like uh, Cafe Dostoevsky, if you're going inside a reading room, instead of going through the reading room door, you can shoot a hole into the laundry room that like looks down that same hallway. So instead of going in that door, you're going to be inside laundry room where no one, like how, how else do you get in that room? You have to go in the door. Right. And so if you go into the wall. There's one angle out, right? As opposed to right. that that up. Uh, library door there's like yeah where you're looking into laundry room the white stairs or like towards fireplace hall or down the hallway yeah, there's like 10 different angles people towards, can like, yeah. look at you from like no you keep your mind open that's probably the biggest thing good tips good tips i like it okay well uh yeah i guess don't forget to uh come watch us stream the reveal that's going to be on saturday night for the u.s people and uh we'll be on my channel, twitch.tv slash ryguy, or also on Mixer or YouTube. I am excited for that, by the way. Way excited. Yeah, me too. It's going to be a good reveal, I think, because I feel like we just haven't be had fun. anything major in a while. Yeah, we've also missed like the last three of them because they play them too early, but this one, there's no way we'll miss it. We'll be, we'll be there waiting. Chris is just a low with three O's on those same three platforms. And what's your Instagram? At just Chris Davis. Yeah, also follow us on Twitter at r6unrenowned. I, yeah, do that. I will say, if you're not following me on Instagram, you're just silly. Because, I mean, I post the funniest stories you'll ever see in your whole entire life. There's also like, really cringy stuff. I mean, sure, if you're related to me. But, man, I'm funny. I, I make myself laugh all the time. Okay, so. if you want to have a good time, here's what you need to do. You need to find oh, Chris's, Chris's, <laughs> Chris's YouTube channel. I think, Search- I think I've actually made them private. What? Did you really? Oh, let me check. Let me check. I can just Google just vlogging. Yeah, okay. um, I was going to say, just, just Google, but I'm not finding when I did that. Just vlogging? Just vlogging? Yeah, if you search just hello, just vlogging, it's on there. Okay, so it's just hello with three L's? <laughs> yeah. Just hello, three L's, just vlogging. You'll get Chris's old, old youtube if you search just vlogging and then lip cut <laughs> i mean there's a video that you'll never forget i'm actually not finding it when i'm searching that but just vlogging lip cut on youtube right Wait, is it yeah it only has 61 views it really surprises me 
uh it it should have a lot more cuz it's so cringy <laughs> that's a good time you guys should go check that out yeah that is a good time okay guys thanks so much for listening we'll have a new episode for you next friday just goodbye goodbye